As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, my name's India Fisher. I play Charlie Pollard in the Big Finish Doctor Who series. I'm companion to the Eighth Doctor, the Sixth Doctor, and now I'm running around on my own with my own lovely companion, Robert Buchan. You're listening to Mark Who 42, and I hope you have a lovely day. Bye. <laughs> Marku 42's universe here on Odyssey Radio. I'm your host, Mark Baumgarten, and it's time for a blast from the past. Yes, we're going to go all the way back to 2018, where we had co-hosts Iggy Matthews and we had the late Ken Spivey. Ken Spivey of the Ken Spivey Band and also the convention runner of Time Lord Fest was a member of our show for a brief time in 2018. We mourn his passing. But anyway, let's not dwell on that. Let's talk about our show this week. Doctor Who, what is it? Is it science fiction, fantasy, a mystery, a comedy, a drama, or what? In fact, what isn't it? Now listen to this episode of Mark Who 42 to hear our points of view on the matter. We even bring along a doctor for the ride, Dr. Cortland Lewis, PhD, the editor of Doctor Who and Philosophy, Bigger on the Inside, and More Doctor Who and Philosophy, Regeneration Time, Popular Culture and Philosophy. He was also the author of Way of the Doctor, Doctor Who's pocketbook guide to the good life. Yes, back in the day, we were mostly a Doctor Who show, and we're going to bring that back 
for one episode only, uh, well, we'll have other episodes, but for one episode only, we're going to discuss the many genres of Doctor Who. Enjoy. I'm Mark Baumgarten, your host, and with us we also have... Trish Fryer, Iggy Matthews, Don Kuros, Ken Spivey. All right, we have the whole team on board. Yeah, all five of us. And we are going to be talking about genres and Doctor Who genres, to be specific. But first, let me let a special guest that we have, a, a PhD we have, to help us along with our discussion, Mr. Cortland Lewis. Hello, Cortland. Or Dr. Lewis. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. Court is, is perfectly fine. Uh, so I'm, I'm happy to be here. And um, yeah, I, res- I have a PhD in philosophy and a minor uh, or basically a master's in history. And then I've been writing on Doctor Who for, uh, I guess, over a decade now. And happy to be here. Why don't you tell some of the people what kind of books you have and where they can find them? Oh, okay. Yeah, I have I have two edited collections on Doctor Who, uh, one called Doctor Who and Philosophy, the second one called More Doctor Who and Philosophy. And uh, those can be found at most bookstores and of course online. And then I have a book that I wrote the whole thing called Way of the Doctor, and that's Doctor Who's Pocket Book Guide to the Good Life, and that's available online at different retailers, Amazon, Books a Million. Barnes and Noble. And so, and then I have several other edited collections I've done, and then I have some academic writings. I, I, I like the one, I haven't read it, but I like the title of Futurama and Philosophy Pizza Paradoxes and Good News. The, yes. Sounds good. I'm going to have to read that. That is. That is oh, that wow. We have, it sounds like the nerd raids are going on here. We're getting noise. Wow. Oh, you you hear it here on Marco Forty Two? What was that? Did some did a mountain crash? There was something that just happened. Did anyone hear that, or was it just me? That was just you, Mark. You've been oh. doing things lately. Mark, did you <laughs> forget to take your antipsychotics again? Oh yeah, okay. Well, if the audience, if you heard something crash, write to Mark at Marco Forty Two dot net and come up with your excuse of what it was and. Maybe there'll be a prize in it for you. I don't think it'll really Ladies and gentlemen of Mark Who 42, please, I beg of you, do not enable Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that, that's a, that was another topic for today was enabling Mark. Yeah, and yeah. We, 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 we turned that down. Yeah, we did turn that one down. And just because of that, I'm going to turn this over to Trish. Trish, hi. Hey. Why <laughs> <laughs> you turn it over to me? What did I do? <laughs> oh, okay. So... Uh, okay, I'll, I'll I'll take full control. You just enabled me. Thank you very much. All right, I can enable Iggy if you want. I like enabling Iggy. She's very fun to enable. <laughs> and on that note, bye everyone. Have a good day. No, after dark. What? Whoa! 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 whoa, whoa. Okay. So today's topic uh, is a topic that Ken actually came up with a couple of weeks ago, and I thought it was so good that we should do it. It's basically what is Doctor Who's genre, what genres fit Doctor Who, and what genre should Doctor Who not be. Is that right, Ken? More so, what genre is it not? Is it not? Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because where where does it not go? So where do we place the show on our shelves if we have uh, 
if we have all our various generic categories, where do I place it? If I'm looking up on Netflix, it's under science fiction and fantasy. Mm-hmm. Well, is it truly science fiction and fantasy? Is it not just a drama? Is it not a uh, a piece on gender? Is it what is it not? So that's why I brought on Mr. Lewis today, Doctor Lewis. Doctor Lewis, he had to to, yes. He had to go to evil uh, philosophy school to be called Mister. That's right, wizard. <laughs> you do propose the interesting argument here because uh, Doctor Who has uh, definitely projected a lot of uh, very relevant um, problems that you deal with. I can definitely tell you that I would characterize uh, Doctor Who under scary as hell because, um, you know, there was, I've always been afraid of the dark. And then, of course, you know, leave it to Doctor Who to just make your fear relevant and logical and just, you know, what was Vashon Ruta? So you're saying horror horror and and it does fit in the horror genre and it fits in the suspense genre. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the Weeping Angels itself, like, you know, my, my daughter, she considers that a challenge at seven years of age that I think I'm ready to watch the Weeping Angel episode. I'm like, I promise you that you are not. You are not. And I'm not ready to deal with you thinking that you got this when you don't. Okay. So it's, it's definitely, um, there's a lot of things in there that are just absolutely terrifying. And um, what what is it? There, there was the plot hole under the covers in that one episode. Still pretty upset about that one. Oh, uh, you're, you're talking about was it a child or was it actually? It was a plot hole. It was it, okay, a plot hole that was hiding under those covers. And um, it was still terrifying Listen. the way that it rose behind them. Listen. Yes. There was many plot holes in that one episode. Yes, but it was still scary. Like, I'm sorry, you're going to have a, a something rising behind me in the sheets and nobody knows what it is. And we're just okay with it. We're just going to walk out of the room like, oh, uh, we seem to have to start something terrifying. Let's just leave. No. But okay. is it truly a plot hole? Because, I mean, really, if you if you talk like about Friday the 13th with Jason Voorhees, he dies at the end of two and then somehow he's in three and then he dies and then somehow he's in four. And they never. That's he's, a, he's a time. He's right, a time lord. Right. They, they, they don't Nelson. explain it. That's a plot hole. And well, one time he was like, a paramedic. And, and wasn't he? And I didn't he go play hockey and eat? I don't know. He actually used his hockey mask at a, at a, a skating rink, I think. No, what it was, I can explain that one perfectly. What it was is that Doctor Cortland um, created this um, this thing. And then he assumed his alter ego, Mr. Cortland, and um, created the Jason together. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, some things cannot be revealed that way. Um, if you found out about it, you'd have to die. Okay, now you're, enabling the, now, wait a minute, now you're enabling the doctor. I've been waiting a long time to say that. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. I've been waiting a long time to be accused of that. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> I've been waiting to enable the doctor for many years, and I finally got to do so. Yeah, he is the doctor right now. That's right. That's why I went to school, actually. Just so you can get that title right there. Yeah. The doctor. I'd be lying if I didn't just want to slave myself to get a PhD just so I can be called the doctor. Because now she is a female. (laughs) Sometimes my students will call me that. They'll say, oh, doctor who? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Extra credit. Extra credit. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I need to attend your class. 
if they've read your books, they get an A in the <laughs> class, basically. So if you ever want to get uh, a, a good college education, what, what, what school do you teach at? I teach at Owensboro Community College uh-huh. in Owensboro, Kentucky. And so um, it's a small school, but I, I came here because I love to teach, and they uh, let me write books and do my Doctor Who stuff without bugging me. So my kid's about to go to college, by the way. So I, I but I, I don't think he's into, into philosophy. Uh, yeah, uh, it happens. It's more of a gateway drug. That's what I yeah, tell us. Yeah. <laughs> I think an important something for us to uh, to discuss is how are we going to define a genre? And That's once we question. do that, we can go um, forward with the discussion and, and actually figure out what genre is Doctor Who. So who has a a, a working definition that I'd like to come up with for today for what is a genre. I think Zion has one. The main basis of all the episodes. Like, what is the common genre in... Well, in no, but we're in trying to come up episode. with a definition of genre. Oh, definition of genre. Mm, exactly what I said. Whichever elements are more prominent in in the show throughout the most of, of the episodes. So if something is funny, it would fit in a genre of comedy. But maybe Ken would have an exact definition. Ken? Well, it's very Aristotelian of us wanting to define things. So to define the world around us is a way to be able to comprehend it and to be able to discuss it. And uh-huh. for us to actually talk about Doctor Who and, and to talk about the genre, we need to, I think it may be a personal genre for quite a few people. Uh-huh. And by that, I mean... What is Doctor Who to you? Uh, genre, you could say, uh, let, let's use uh, something like the genre spectrum. Let's say that okay. exists. I just made it up. All right. Um, I'm sure that there, someone said it before. There's nothing new under the sun. No. But there, there's comedy. On the, on the other end, there's extreme tragedy. But we've all seen shows that have both comedy and tragedy. We've all seen Gilmore Girls, or most of us. Not me. I, 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 I can safely say I've never seen Gilmore Girls. I can safely well, say that. Well, it, they created a subgenre for it called uh, a dramedy because mm-hmm. it crosses <laughs> boundaries. Nice. And there's quite a few shows that are dramedies. Yeah. And because you can't quite fit it into a genre. And I'm not wanting to give an actual definition. That's why I wanted to hear from other people. What was a genre to them, so I could better understand, coming from everyone's perspective, how are they putting Doctor Who into their own personal idea of what genre is? All right, I'll give you my genre for Doctor Who. I think Doctor Who fits under science fiction. I do think fantasy plays into it because a TARDIS, that's kind of fantasy. But I also think of it as a comedy, as a drama. As an well action, uh, you know, I I do believe it's horror. There are many things that I would say it, and if you haven't narrowed it down to one, it's a drama. So for me, it would have to be in the way that I would describe it to people who do not watch Doctor Who. You know, and they ask me what it is. What's that blue box that I'm wearing? Why do you have a police box on there? Oh, it's the TARDIS. What's the TARDIS? Oh, it's part of this. Um, show that I watch and the way that I typically describe it is um, it's hilarious. It's a lot of action. Uh, there's a lot of uh, 
you know, I describe it as a, almost like a Sherlock Holmes type of vibe in a more sci-fi type of word. Because literally, it's just the doctor's a detective. We're trying to get to the bottom of this. We're trying to solve something. And we end up solving it. And it's hilarious ride. It's action. Uh, sometimes scary. And I don't really, like, when I hear sci-fi, I kind of turn my nose up to it because I think Star Trek and sci-fi is just like serious and mysterious and scary immediately well, when it comes to my head. I, I have an answer for that. I, I think I've come up with a, a, a genre title. I've made it up. Holmesian science fiction. That, <laughs> well, that, that is a good one. What you described is Holmesian science fiction. That would be mm-hmm. the genre of Doctor Who. I like that, Iggy. That's good. That's mm-hmm. why I have you on the show. For helping me oh come up with things that you've actually said yourself. Die <laughs> that is being enabled now. <laughs> well, it's okay. I, it's no different than what you do to me when I tell the news, so it's fine. <laughs> I think if we summarized Iggy, we could say that the show is a mystery because yeah. it's it's Sherlock Holmes and Time and Space. So mm-hmm. the show's a mystery that has science fiction elements. Yes, is that yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, now, now we're yes. enabling. Ken, so for, uh, all right, I see what we're doing with, here, all right. With, with several other elements, too, and I think that's where I, I liked uh, when I talked to Ken previously, this idea of trying to figure out what it is not, because right, it, over 50-plus years, they borrowed from every sort of genre just about. Pretty much. Uh, and so there's some, though, that... Um, I mean, it would be interesting if we could find some genres that they've just never borrowed from or that were just so awkward. Uh, the first one comes to mind is the country western, uh, where we've seen that happen a few times over the years. And but I never it, it, it always feels out of place. Right. It's it's more uh, Star well, Firefly Trek. Firefly did it. Well, oh, yeah, Firefly did it. But Doctor Who never seems to fit that sort of genre to me. In the episodes with Doctor Who in the United States, I never knew that we all chewed on straws all the time. <laughs> I had no idea that happened in the United States. Oh, Dang, I only do. I just don't do it at Time Lord Fest, but I do it everywhere else, Ken. You oh, could you imagine a British man saying, y'all, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> <laughs> jolly good show, a uh, oh. jolly good show, y'all. <laughs> Cheerio, y'all. Cheerio, y'all. Oh, God. <laughs> I remember um, translating uh, Latin, and whenever you have the, co- the collective of, of, of you all, anytime someone would translate it as y'all, our teacher would both want to, like, come up and hug you and slap you at the same time, because we actually don't have a word for that in our language, other than saying all of you or y'all. Yeah, I, 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 tried putting, I tried playing it on Scrabble. Y'all doesn't work. Doesn't work. Can't well, because you on. need the apostrophe in there. But to well, uh, to continue on this topic, I mean, what, um, you know, I definitely do think that Doctor Who can pull off a Western if they do it a lot, uh, very similar to uh, Firefly, or if they went into a universe that was has the Firefly effect to it. I think they totally could pull it off. You know, it's just a matter of how they're dressed and how they are behaving that really dictates whether it's Western or not. Well, uh, it, uh, it already has pulled off a, a Western in, in, in um, the Gunslingers and a town called Mercy. Yeah, but, That's not, they did in Vikings the, but stuff. not in the science fiction. I mean, you know, Earth-based. And, 
you know, with a science fiction element added to it, at least for a town called Mercy. In the Gunfighters, it was just a western. The Gunslinger was actually a very good episode. Idea of having a song narrating the story to some people, they thought, okay, that made it a pantomime. But to be honest, it fit because it, it did take place in a saloon parts mm-hmm. of the story. The way that people see the old West in movies back in the 50s and 60s, you know, they always have uh, a singer and a, and a piano player, and, and so they were kind of oh. using... No. no. Okay, Mm-mm. well... That is the one thing that a Doctor Who cannot be, is one of those... Uh, but they did do it. That's Freaking uh, sing-along episodes or whatever, like everybody just starts singing everything they're doing, no, like, no, I'm no, sitting, no, 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 recording no, no, the no, show. No, 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 was it? Well, it was that, because uh, I, I, if I remember correctly, Stephen and Dodo did have to sing, or... So maybe, maybe, yeah, they did. maybe, yeah, I think they did. I cannot stand that when a good series decides to go, oh, we're going to have a singing episode. It's just stupid to me. We're going to have a, instead of having a conversation about what we're doing, let's sing about it. Let's, let's discuss this no, no, in song the, form. Let's not. No, no, no. It was, nar- movie it was narration. It was narration in music. It was the song, the ballad of the OK Corral that was played at different points during the show in narration. And so, then Dodo and Steven had to sing when they were forced to sing no. as part of the plot. No. It was, what I've learned is that uh, the show is not a musical. That is what I've take, learned in take. 25 minutes so far. <laughs> yeah. Is that it is not a musical. Absolutely not, not a musical. musical. Okay, so is it a genre? No. That, so so we're saying, so that's one of our questions answered. What is Doctor Who not? A musical. A teen drama? A teen... Well... No, no. Ooh, it's been a teen drama, and thank yeah. God it's... Hopefully it <laughs> no. will not be a I, when is, no. I cannot for my words to say that. I'm sorry. Because, no. Zion, you just watched the uh, Peter Davison Adric stories. Just you, you just finished watching Adric stories over again. We don't need that angst and stuff in this show anymore, do we? But we I mean, that, we watched Class... Genius. We watch class. We watch class. We don't, we we don't need that. No, no, and, and, how, and how did that turn out? It did not. Yeah, turn nobody, out. nobody watched it. Awful. It was awful. It was there. It goes on and on and on. No, 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 no. It stops right now. <laughs> well, there's a strong desire to have more Doctor Who, and spin-off media is very tempting. But other than the actually the Sarah Jane Adventures was the most oddly successful. Oh, that as much, was so as, many, good. as much as we've had of Torchwood. Sarah Jane Adventures, if uh, if Elizabeth Sladen had not have passed away, it theoretically could have gone on a few more seasons. That could have That's... gone on and on and on and on, and I would have Mark, it. I will cut you. No, but I'm saying I would have liked it if it was Sarah Jane. Sure, yeah. but you also have to take into Doctor consideration Who. culture. What? Oh, okay. Explain that, Iggy. You have to take into consideration culture, okay? Because at this point, when you have teen drama, okay, the only thing that really sells... For any sort of drama, is sex. Okay, yeah, and, and that that's that, the that, one that irritates me more than anything. Yeah, they, it irritates me more than anything because it takes away from the actual story. No, okay, it's Pinky and the TARDIS. That's what I'm saying. Uh, well, that did happen once already. Yeah, well, or twice. It, well, Amy and Rory had River, but yeah, yeah. You know, I, I leave it to the redhead. Why didn't we have a bunch of kids on spring break? 
in the TARDIS and rebuild Gallifrey that way. That's all it takes. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. Uh, uh, Ken, I'll take your resignation letter later on. <laughs> um, no, seriously, though, wasn't that a problem with those episodes? I, I was actually just speaking with my wife about that. Uh-huh. And we said, like, how come, you know, they don't just make Time Lords, like, um, p- people can reproduce in the TARDIS. And then they could make Gallifrey that way. When we come back, we will be discussing a lot more of the many genres of Doctor Who, including a show idea that I had that could possibly work for Doctor Who. No, I couldn't. We'll be right back. with more of Mark Who42's universe here on Odyssey Radio. Mark Who42's universe has a deal for you. We've teamed up with Audible Books to get you a free audiobook and two free Audible originals for the first month of membership with Audible from Amazon. After that, it's only $14.99 per month for three audiobooks. There is no contract, and you can cancel anytime you like. Just go to your web browser and type in www.audibletrial.com slash markhu42. Again, that's www.audibletrial.com slash M-A-R-K W-H-O-4-2. You'll have hours of Life is a journey. Your life, my life. We are merely travelers in this physical plane we call Earth. Going to and from our place of business, our homes, and our families, completely unaware of our destinations. We take each day with the faith and promise of a better tomorrow. Perhaps it's not the journey that's important, but what we learn along the way, the lessons we are taught. There are some lessons, however, that were never meant to be taught. Some roads never meant to be traveled. It was just another day in your life's travel, but suddenly you realize you've taken a detour, somehow, some way. You've ended up on the paranormal road. Tune in Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. to listen to Paranormal Road. Each week, host Dave and Randy will explore and talk about various paranormal topics. Join us on the paranormal road. You worked too hard, you ate too much, the cheesecake made you greedy, let your aching head and stomach hear this message from old Speedy. Alka-Seltzer, plop, plop, fizz, fizz, oh, what a relief it is. 
Flop, fizz, fizz. Oh, what a relief it is. Ah, those speedy Alka-Seltzer bubbles burst into action to relieve your upset stomach and aching head fast. It was only as directed. Oh, what a relief it is. What a relief. Hey, this is Shane Grove, host of the From the Shadows podcast. If you need a good laugh in the middle of the week, join me, Jason. Greetings. The Ozark Howler. On the Midweek Howl, here on the Odyssey Radio Network. When I howl, I only howl on Odyssey. That's very well put. (laughs) You are listening to Mark Who 42's Universe on Odyssey Radio. Welcome back to more of Mark Who 42's Universe. I'm your host, Mark Baumgarten. On this show, we had Ken Spivey III, we had Iggy Matthews, Zion Kiros, and Patricia Fryer, and our special guest, Dr. Cortland Lewis, PhD, who is an author of many Doctor Who reference books. Okay, so like I said at the end of the last segment, we are going to now discuss my show idea that could work. No, it couldn't, but it's a great show idea while discussing the many genres of Doctor Who. Uh, you or, know, a new show, Time Lord Academy. Sure. Yeah, that'll work. <laughs> won't it, won't it, Iggy? Time Lord Academy? Takes place, <laughs> takes place in the school, on uh, in, in the Paradonian school uh, on Gallifrey, and it has Actually, all the that'd teenagers. Be fantastic. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be Hog, instead of Hogwarts, it's, uh, yeah. you had to come up with a catchy, a catchy name for the Academy. Yeah. Time Ward. I- Time, time. I actually like the. I like oh, this idea a lot, actually. It's, oh, you do? Okay. I actually really like this idea. <laughs> okay. Yeah, the more you, more you're pitching it, I'm like, oh, this is this is good. All right, <laughs> let me see. Let me. Who could be in it? What? Who? Who could be in it? We'd have to pick some new stars, uh, some some up and coming kid stars uh, to be in Time Lord Academy, and they don't have to be British. They can be. They can be any nationality. Go, give me some stars. Oh, who's that guy that did the, um, the Majestic Beast? Fantastic Beast. Oh, Fantastic Beast. They were really majestic, though. That was like the Sam's Choice uh, 11th Doctor guy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, it was. I, I, don't, know, I don't know what his name is. Because he's finally Ginger. Yeah, that's all yeah. the Doctor wanted. He wanted to be Ginger. And, and, we, and we have well, Baru- you know, I got it. I, I, got I don't it. know any young actors, actually. I'm sorry. I, I don't either, really, because I don't watch <laughs> films like Twilight or things like that. So I don't know any of these guys. I don't well, watch Jennifer them. Lawrence. <laughs> Jennifer, when, oh, Jennifer, Jennifer Lawrence, Lawrence could be in it. Well, she took off acting for a year to fix our democracy, so we can't pick her. I mean, we got to wait a year. <laughs> oh. I mean, so since that happened, yeah, I, I don't know who else would star in this. Well, I just read that in my news feed today, so that's relevant. Oh, it is relevant. <laughs> The backstory of Time Lord Academy, Barusa is brought back to life, and he is the headmaster of Time Lord Academy. So you have Barusa, and the Doctor does make appearances every once in a while, maybe a couple times a season or a series, and Barusa berates the Doctor in front of all the students, telling them, this is what you should not do. This is who you should not be. And the doctor saves Bruce's uh, butt a few times uh, when there are some invasions of the school because the Santarans decide, you know, well, we tried with the actual planet. I think we couldn't do that. 
but let's try just a school. So the Santarans come back, and it'll be a fun show. So be looking for that next year, guys, in 2019. Oh, my God. Time Lord Academy (laughs) on CBBC. (laughs) On CBBC. You'll love it. Did you guys see Black Panther? Anybody? See, I haven't seen Star Wars yet, and now you're telling me I have to go see Black (laughs) Panther. I cannot keep up with this. The actress that played his sister, Shuri, uh-huh. Letitia Wright, she would be good in this. Oh, yes. She was really, really good in the movie, and okay. she was super smart. And what, should she could totally... what should her character be? Go for it. We're planning this out. We're planning this out. For professor. She would be a professor. She, she would be, be professor of tech, whatever, you know, tech that they develop. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. I like this. What would be very interesting is at the end of every season, the villain really wasn't Voldemort, it was Rassilon. It, well, and it is Rassilon. Yeah. <laughs> every season to figure that out, like, oh, no, it's Rassilon again. It's Rassilon. Like, every Harry Potter book, they're shocked that it's Voldemort. And then Timothy it, Dalton be- always shows up in the last episode and spits at everybody. How rude. But he's, you know, I mean, that's what he did in End of Time. So, you know. Let him keep doing that. That's his trademark. I, I would want the chubby wrestle on from the five doctors. You want the chubby wrestle on from the five doctors. <laughs> Very good, doctors. You made a good decision. All right. Um, <laughs> now it needs to be set. It needs to be set up like the um, the Wonder Years, uh, where oh, with narration, it talks to himself. No, uh, should it be him talking to himself or should he sing? Because <laughs> hey, and while we're at it, let's go ahead and make a uh, a soap opera of Doctor Who, Days of Our Time Lords, okay? Right. And um, it's called, oh my god, sorry, <laughs> a soap opera. I, I, I think we've veered away from our topic. Uh, <laughs> it's also dubbed it's in Spanish, okay? Por qué, doctor? Por qué telenovela? Have we drifted away from the topic? Like the sheer fact that we can imagine. All of these other genres yeah. and subworlds and ideas, and they fit well into the Doctor Who universe. Doesn't that fit well more fit with the idea that Doctor Who is there is no genre that is not Doctor Who? We can make a absolutely. We can make a horror. We can make a mystery, and, and if we, we just have had this fun brainstorm. About and that. if we can have a telenovela, that means that we can have the sex in Doctor Who and Selma Hayek. And some high, oh, definitely. Oh, my high. God. She, well, she is, um, she is a this is how you get the, the second wild in this year's. <laughs> now, if you really want to incorporate the sex into Doctor Who, let's go ahead and do it right. Since they are in um, London and doing all this stuff, let's incorporate MI6 into this, okay? Because nothing is better and sexier than secret spy agents so did and uh, time lords. on the show and... That was okay. in the direction, but like, let's do this. Like, do that correctly. Let's include spies. I just wasn't expecting yeah. someone to go in that direction. Spies like us, I'll tell you that. Well, if you include spies, because think about it, think about it. Okay, wouldn't it be just like MI six to have this secret? top top secret program that deals with the time lord and the aliens i mean the area 51 right here everybody yeah. and their mom talks about well, you know oh they got aliens in there well, what did they get what if they were time lords well, well, yeah, aren't there time agents torchwood aren't there yes. time agents time agents special time, time agents time agents torchwood uh-huh. would fit yeah. there and then even gallifrey had the celestial intervention agency so they had spies so there have been spies this is a genre on doctor who 
Mm-hmm. We nearly had the unit spinoff, and we could have had the spy show. We almost got it. Is yes, Doctor Who a slasher genre? A I don't think so. slasher genre. Well, I mean. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Let's get that grindhouse commentary going. Coming soon mm. this summer. I want to say a Planet of Evil. Planet of Evil, okay. Well, that was more of a Jekyll and Hyde, which is a slasher. You win! Yay! Zion wins the championship on this one. Congratulations, Zion. You've just done it. Could could it be an American situation comedy? Could you do that? Does that count as a genre? It it is a genre. An American sitcom would be a genre. Would that be a Doctor Who genre? Has there been a Doctor Who episode that has taken the format of a sitcom. No. Because it has taken the form of a Britcom, because Danny, Pink, and Clara, every time they talked and bickered, it sounded like Stephen Moffat was writing for Coupling. So there well, also, what about that episode with the little cubes? Power uh, of oh, three. Yeah. Power of mm-hmm. three. Yeah. That was pretty situational comedy type of thing. Rory okay. in his underwear. And, yeah, yeah. But them trying dance. to get along with, with Doctor as their roommate, you know, it's kind of... That was an American sitcom. You win You win that one. Congratulations. Yeah, the only thing that was missing was the audience laughing in the background. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just the laugh track. Uh-huh. <laughs> what? I found it fascinating what you just said about Stephen Moffat writing for Coupling and Doctor Who and how infrequently we heard the type of cadence and banter that we heard on Coupling on Doctor Who, especially since he seemed to have cut his teeth on that, quite literally. I, so, I agree. So would the show have been better with that type of quick wit and fast banter as opposed to, well, there's been some sluggish episodes. Do you think we could have uh, seen, like, could he have brought in... Like, remember Coupling was the story of he and his wife meeting yeah. as they wrote on a, a, a series. Mm-hmm. Well, if he brought in some of his personal life for, in Doctor Who, do you think that could have inspired that type of banter? Does that only come out of Moffat when speaking about himself? Like I said, the Danny Pink relationship with Clara definitely has some of that. But, yeah, I think if the Doctor and Clara had had some of that chemistry bickering in a funny way because they bickered but it wasn't really funny in my opinion if he had written more Uh -uh. like coupling up more of his real life into it that could have made it better bill and uh peter had that bill and peter had that um just because she didn't really bicker uh so much as she just kind of like commented crossly Mm -hmm. about the situation which made it hilarious because it was that sarcasm like you know, like what, the Pope is here in my room and it's she knows it's the doctor's fault and she's trying to have a date with this lovely girl. And it just keeps getting uh, taco blocked. I don't know what the reference right. is. That. It, and it's getting more and more absurd. I mean, the absurd. So there definitely was comedy in that. Oh, yes. Taco blocked. Taco block. Yes. It's basically a... It's basically a family-friendly way of saying something we're not going to say. Okay. I couldn't believe I just heard that. Sorry. (laughs) So here here are a couple of ideas. I I just did a search of nonfiction genres. Okay, go for it. And so some that stand out are lab reports and owner's manuals. Um, Oh, Lab report? Oh, well, I think Listen was a lab report. God, that sounds like college. Ew, get out of here. And, and college was... Uh, yeah, I mean, 
Passive or something. Series. <laughs> Textbook. That's a that's no. A stop it. Stop it. <laughs> It's funny, though. Some of the other ones are like biography and uh, narrative or personal narratives. And it's like, well, Doctor Who could fit those. Yeah, it could. could. Well, biography. Okay, let's do Vincent and the Doctor. Yes, it was embellished with an alien, but there were parts of it that were biographical to Van Gogh. So, yeah, biography fits as a genre. I don't know if Doctor Who does biographical. Don't they do ethnographical better don't they speak about the culture of a person as opposed to Mm. their life yeah and their culture and their yes yes so oftentimes we get an ethnographical lens of characters yeah Uh, that's true Portland, do you have something on that no i mean i think in terms of the broader picture looking at the avoiding biographies and looking at how a person's life fits into the lived experience i think that's easier both in terms of writing and being artistic, it also allows them to sort of tease out some of the drama, too. So that might be why they do that or, or why they're really good at it. But, I mean, if you just look at British drama throughout history, right, they love those, you know, somebody, a person within a broader framework. And that might be, um, I mean, I think of Doctor Who more as a mytho- mythological genre or uh, legend tales. And so I think that fits in with what you were saying, Ken. Which is also very accurate, too, because there's certain worlds that when they speak of the doctor, they speak of him as a um, in, in a story fashion. Um, like there's this a mythological, like long here. The mythological. Sure. Yeah. But it's almost like um, like if you were to be talking about King, the story of King Arthur, you know, right. it's it's, it's right. and, um, you know, then the doctor, in fact, actually shows up and everybody's like, oh, it's him. You know, and he's going I personally to tell. love he's that. Going to tell. He's going to tell. He's going to tell. You Perhaps know. we're watching like our these are our sacred scrolls of the life of the doctor, and we're viewing them as entertainment. While other cultures view them as legend or myth. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like that. And then the real fans realize it's it is real and it, it is our legend and myth, and so that's why we all gather together in conventions, right? Yeah, that, yeah, oh no, it, it is it is absolutely real because I mean I can tell you right now I have mom brain. I'm a mom of four, okay, and um, you know so oftentimes I will go from my living room to my bedroom with the precise intent of doing something. I enter my bedroom immediately, forget my rational thought as an adult woman is not, oh, man, you know, I'm distracted, whatever. The immediate thought that comes to my mind is, there's a damn silence in here. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Me- it was a silence. It was a damn silence. Yeah. <laughs> no, I understand that fully. My, my, I have a one-year-old, and every morning he's, he likes to grab towards the shadows as I'm turning off lights <laughs> outside. And I'm like, no, be careful. And you don't want just, the bus in a rotter to get you. That's the right. Sunny. Oh, no. No, it's absolutely real because it's it's funny though because you you get so into the stuff that you know your brain immediately like starts going through the relatives of options and really that's the first one that we grab for a silence we can't yeah. say that out loud put that in the back pocket let's try next logical option Iggy pointed out that oh we all think of the silence well, no Iggy thought thought of that that's 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 Iggy's personal truth mm-hmm. yeah and you know going to conventions makes Doctor Who real too. Because, like, when I'm doing a panel and I'm discussing the show, I'm discussing it as if I'm giving a lecture at school in a way sometimes. And I'm getting 
feedback from the audience as if I'm questioning my student. It's weird. Doctor Who, in a way, is real. Mm-hmm. Especially a convention. Um, actually, Corda and I were just talking about this. I can't remember the panel topic, but Cord and I ended up on a panel about the nature of truth in a direction <laughs> he and I did not expect. And we both got up and left. And it, hmm. it was, I think, a Doctor Who themed panel. This was a while ago. But the direction, people were so impassioned about the nature of truth and the genre, it meant so much to them that it got a little heated in there. So when people care that much, it's sometimes things get interesting in the room. Mm -hmm. And uh, any of us who've done panels, we've all been on those panels where they go a direction we did not intend, and it happened, we go, oh, no, what do we do? And you do anything to, pardon the pun, break the silence when it happens <laughs> because we Funny. care so much about this legend. We care so much about the myth of the doctor and that everybody in the room has a dog in the hunt. Our hearts are actually in this. Mm-hmm. So yes, Doctor Who as legend, as myth. I like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, and at this point I'd like to take the opportunity to say that, um, you know, there's always room for a healthy debate. But the one thing that disappoints me more than anything, because you mentioned you and Cortland walking out, what disappoints me more than anything is a mutual passion. Like all of us love Doctor Who. And, you know, why can it be just a healthy adult debate? Why does it have to be, you know, no, it's like this. This is my belief. This is my truth. This is my stance. And we cannot be open to the fact that there could be also other truths and other perspectives and uh, versions of things. And so it's, it's really the reason why uh, when I host panels at conventions, I don't really bring a topic of, I guess, debate more so than just a discussion. Let's, you know, try to keep it on path, because one thing that I've known for certain is that there's always going to be like, oh, outrage. No, that is wrong. And it's, it's not wrong. It's an opinion. An opinion cannot be wrong because it's coming from the perspective and the emotional experience of someone else. Now you can teach and change that opinion or not, but it's not like we're debating facts. So for a number of years, I was asked to lead uh, like two to three panels every night after 10 p.m. for Dragon Con for the British media track. Mm-hmm. And they called it the After Dark Panels. And, of course, they wanted to go into the blue areas. After but since it was dark. after 10 p.m., I enjoyed having panels like Bad Wolf or Bad Rose. Was Rose Tyler the worst or best companion ever? Because Ooh. walking in, knowing that it is going to be a conversation like that, mm-hmm. it's actually amazing how civil the conversation turns out to be. <laughs> because people actually end up talking about what her, uh, her attributes or, as a character or uh, things that uh, they disliked. But it, walking in and saying this is a debate, do people do better, I, at least in the things that I have hosted, as opposed to something where the debate happens? Yeah. And, and I, perhaps the moderation on the panel, and like how Mark does an excellent job of moderating this program, keeps everything on track, keeps everybody for saying naughty things or for <laughs> being raised. So uh, I, I think that's a credit to all of you that, that uh, be these panels. If you can keep them on track, you've done a wonderful job as a moderator by choosing a topic and by leading everybody onto the right path to not enrage everyone in the room. He's enabling Mark again. He's enabling Mark again. (laughs) That actually brings us full circle on this conversation because we're running out of time on this. I do want to say, so we've decided that the one genre Doctor Who is not is musical theater. 
Is that what we decided? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yes. yes. <laughs> until it becomes that, right? Until, until, until we have the episode. It's musical episode. teen drama is by far the worst thing it could ever become. Well, no, but can, can there be that, that, like that. a Buffy episode or, or a Supergirl Flash crossover where there's one episode where it's all music? Like they go to a planet where everybody sings opera. They don't talk that their language is opera. Could they That's do how that? you get the word no. this year. There's a comic. Don't They're give Chibnall ideas. Please don't no. give Chibnall ideas. <laughs> no. Well, he says he wants to make the new series all about family. Yeah. And what, what all families oh. love? Disney musicals. Oh, Disney. And, and I know someone on this show who loves Disney musicals, too. Oh, I know. I do. I but that's in a, a certain, you know, time and place. Doctor Who is different. Well, we could have an episode of Doctor Who that's like Mary Poppins, can't we? No. Have Missy back oh. and do Mary Poppins for real. No, no. let's go ahead and make it a rap single. A Wibbly Wobbly what? Oh, you know? oh no. no. Let's do Hamilton. <laughs> Doctor Who Hamilton style. <laughs> Oh, my God. No. That's a very historically accurate play, too. I, I love that play. That, alive with the sound of time. That's the oh name of the episode, God. by the way. The hills are alive with the sound of time. Yeah, that, I like The that. TARDIS is alive with the sound of time. All right. So that is about all the time we have for this. I want to thank the doctor for appearing uh, with us, Dr. Cortland Lewis. Thank you, Court, for showing up on our show. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. And uh, I, I enjoyed it. again. Yeah, absolutely. This was fun. Yeah. And of course, we also had on our show Zion Kiros, Trish Fryer, Iggy Matthews, Ken Spivey, and I think I had myself on the show, Mark Baumgarten. Did I miss anybody this time or did I get it right in post edit? Uh, (laughs) And scene. And and, and scene. Hello, I'm Nicholas Briggs, the voice of many monsters on Doctor Who and executive producer of Big Finish Productions. And I'm pleased to announce that Mark Who 42 books have joined forces with Big Finish to bring you Big Finish Audio. There's this fellow who calls himself the Doctor and he says he has saved me and we are in his time machine. You're right. I think I've broken something. What about you? Yes, I'm fine, thanks. Mm, I think I broke your fall. Oh, sorry. Mark Who 42 Books will now offer to bring you the best in Big Finish audio. But why are they here? How do you do? I beg your pardon? Oh, no need to. I'm the Doctor, and this is... I am Leela. By all means, please do come out to play, Doctor. I'm waiting for you. To find where Mark Who 42 books will be, go to markwho42.net or on their Facebook site at markwho42. What are you saying? They fizzled in somehow? Like the TARDIS? Yeah, transmat from another dimension. The, the, the TARDIS doesn't fizzle. It's more of a... Also go to markwho42.net and download my interview with the team. You're executive producer at Big Finish Productions. Correct. Is this a quiz? Mark Who 42, taking you to the Hooniverse and beyond. Hi, this is Arlene Tour, the character Dr. Vera Juarez from Torchwood Miracle Day, and you're listening to Mark Who 42. Y'all, yeah, we, we, that was a good discussion we had, wasn't it, guys? Very much well, so. That was fun. 
It, it was very fun. I, I definitely want to have uh, Court back, Dr. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. The doctor. That was fun. Now, we've had other doctors on the show, but, but this doctor was a real doctor. <laughs> a real doctor. You say that to Sylvester, Paul, Colin, and Peter and see how bad they'll be in me. Uh, what about Dr. Squee? Dr. Squee is well. Oh, we had Dr. Squee too. Yeah. So we've we've had six doctors on the show. Hasn't uh, Dr. Begay been on here? Oh, uh, seven. Uh, how many other doctors have been on Mark Group 42? And why have I put them down by saying. So actually, that's right. Scott Begay, it was the first real doctor who has a doctorate, a PhD, and now we've had yes, Dr. Lewis. Doctors. He's a double doctor. He's a double doctor. Oh, you know, if we had a triple doctor on this show, that would be great. We need a triple doctor. Anybody out there want to come on our show talking about Doctor Who? If you have three PhDs, contact us, and we'll have you on the show. You mean I have a PhD in smartass. Does that count? Uh, that's one, but you need two more. I said you need three. Oh, look at that. Upon further inspection, I also have a PhD in petty and temperamental. I qualify. What's up? Let's you talk. Do, okay. So talk to our crew. <laughs> Go ahead. You're, it's your floor. Does that take a lot of student loans to get those? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm broke as a joke. <laughs> <laughs> As a triple doctorate, you get to close the show, Iggy, so take it away. Well, as we all know, Mark puts the mark in Mark 42, but he also puts the bum in Bum Garden. You know what I'm saying? Oh, okay, but we're taking that back. I think you've just lost your doctorates. Um, <laughs> well, there's one. Any last words from anybody here on the show? Ken, you have anything uh, you want to add? It was a lovely second show with everybody. I wanted to thank you all for uh, having me on today. All right. Well, we love having you as part of the team. Zion. Adric is not as bad as people say he is. Okay, that's yes, your opinion. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. He is bad. No, he is not. We had a discussion. We were texting each other, and you admitted to some of my reasoning, even though you said you like Adric. Some. And, and here's I, the thing. I really like Adric. Ma- okay, Adric has a badge of mathematical excellence, right? But he's mm-hmm. from Alzarius. This badge of mathematical excellence could be that he knows how to count to 100 and no one else on the planet, the people that are on the spaceship, know. It doesn't mean he knows calculus and block transfer computation. I think he only learned block transfer computation when the master hypnotized him and made him under his control. But that's where he got his mathematical excellence. I don't think before that, maybe he had a badge of mathematical excellence in algebra. You know, I don't think that's really a badge. I think that. he got that out of Bells or something. That's, that's not even a real badge. It's not a badge. It's a, I've got a, I got a badge in a spelling bee of excellence. Does that mean <laughs> You're I'm the best Mark. speller? Yes, you are. I'm a genius in spelling? No, because I can't even spell rumor without the U. I mean, Really? <laughs> Um, Before, after, it doesn't matter. All I know is that the man got the square root of like 3.75 out of thin air when the doctor asked him for it right away. And this was a very dire well, situation. So he Did anybody actually all. check to see if he got it right? Because they could have just wrote any number down and... You're right, he, Patrick, he, this is a drama. So oh, right. my God. Nobody checked I because nobody checked. likes math. I want fact-checking my Doctor Who. You know what most he people do when there's mathematics that, involved? 
What do people do when most, mathematics? What most people do when mathematics? Okay, like right now, if I were to do like be like, oh, what is this equation? And Zion just spits out a huge answer. I'm not gonna check it because I hate math. Okay, it's not that yeah. I can't do it. I just despise it. I'm gonna be like, you know what, Zion seems legit. I'm gonna put that down. I don't think Matthew Waterhouse can get a B in college calculus like I did. Trish, any final words? Uh yes. No. 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 Well, <laughs> well, wait a minute. Didn't 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 we see some? I I think we saw something that they announced that October is when the new is when right. Doctor Who's coming out. They listed that too when it was too late. October. Yeah. Dot dot dot. Possibly. That's the quote that I've seen floating around the internet Ooh, about Doctor Who. Well, no, it was a October. picture. It was a picture at a con that Jodie Whittaker was at. Right. And it was a picture of her, you know, as 13. And then if you zoomed in it's on the picture, it said coming in October All right. 2018. Well, Just we'll not see. I still kind of think August is where it's going. Iggy, final word? I already have my final words. Through. I know you had your final words. I'll give you your final, final words. Oh, okay. Then I'll just steal it. Half the artists will travel. She did steal my final words. Bye, everyone. <laughs> Come back next time for more of Marku 42. If you enjoyed our show, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. You can also write to us with show suggestions and comments by writing us an email at marku42s.universe at gmail.com. Don't forget to join our Facebook page, Marku42's Universe, and also we have a website with all our old Odyssey shows at Marku42.com. Until next week, for myself, Mark Baumgarten, Patricia Fryer, Eduardo M. Fryer, Juan San Miguel, and Zion Kiros, so long, Marku. You are now entering Odyssey Station. Please remain seated until docking is complete. Odyssey, dare to wonder. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.